NFL Draft special. Jay Binkley with Chris O'Sara. We'll have you covered all weekend long for the NFL Draft right here on 610 Sports Radio. Nick Schwartz uh, with us as well. Cody Tapp. You heard the commercial there. Cody Tapp and Alex Gould. Thursday night, we're spread all around the city at the Boulevard Rec Deck. We'll have Fesco and Kling downtown checking in with us. We've got uh, Dusty Likens, Dirty Werewolf on the red carpet, which he's very excited about. Sure, he'll be in a tuxedo looking fancy. And then Carrington and Rob doing social media. We'll check in uh, with everybody. Be a, just go around the city and have a lot of fun on draft night. Chris Collinsworth. When I say his mock came out, what are you thinking, Chris? Are you thinking good things? You think, oh, Chris Collinsworth, he knows football, which he does. You, you pay attention, your ears perk up, right? Chris Collinsworth making this look like uh, my ears did not perk up. Well, they usually I, would. I'm so I am so like but he indifferent. Knows yeah, you know but like a lot of people know football that still put out bad mocks. You know, Mel Kiper, Todd McShay. Mike Mel- Tannenbaum got paid by two NFL teams to be their general manager, and he put out the worst mock draft I've ever seen. I'm just seen. saying sometimes mock drafts with certain people, I'm like, okay, what do, what do they have them going? Yeah, but they don't it doesn't do it for me. I, I guess I'm I'm cynical about it. I'm like, okay, what kind of what kind of terrible attention-seeking move are we going to see here? But I will say this. And a lot of times, I like mock drafts that are done in cities with the beat writer of that team. For example, the people that have the Chiefs going, uh, Will McDonald, you've seen this one a lot, Chris? The edge from Iowa State. Yes, I mean, I mean every big-time mock I've seen from, like, Kuyper and McShay, like, not everyone, but Which does not fit usually. Steve Spagnola. Exactly. Like, Will McDonald does not a fit for them. It would be – I would be legitimately shocked if they drafted Will McDonald. It would be going out of character because right. you understand. Yeah. And so a lot of times I like when the beat writers do it because they know the inner workings of the team. They're there each and every day at the practices, and they know what the team is looking for. Now, you're not asking them – to go say, what do you think the Bengals are going to do if they're a beat writer for the Chiefs? You're not asking what they're doing, what the Seahawks are going to do. And a lot of times, the mock drafters are trying to pick for everybody. And that's a difficult thing to do to know the needs, the wants uh, from different NFL teams. Well, Chris Collinsworth on Pro Football Focus was asked who he goes 31 in his mock draft to the Kansas City Chiefs. This would be a position that you'd probably have behind punter and kicker, to be quite honest with you. I couldn't leave Hendon Hooker out. I like him too much. And I I started thinking about this thing. And I go, you know what? I mean, the only thing that really knocks the Chiefs out of contention is if something happens to Patrick for four or five games. And they just don't have that. They did fine last year in the playoff game with their backup quarterback coming in there. But if you get Hendon Hooker uh, for the next five years by taking him Lamar Jackson-like at right. the end of the first round, so you get him for that extra year, what you're going to need, I think he'll be ready by after the knee injury. He's 25 years old. I get it. ACL. But he does a lot of good things. I, I mean, So, again, I went back to the positive and negative plays. And he only had six 1.0, minus 1.0, or lower plays. So he doesn't make – the big mistakes, and only one of those six was a pass. All of them were sack, fumble, you know, when he got hit and threw an interception on, you know, those kind of plays. But it wasn't him just being stupid uh, with the footballs. I didn't even know what to say. When I heard him say Hendon Hooker to the Kansas City Chiefs at pick 31, you know, I was floored. And I know he likes Hendon Hooker. And he wanted to pick him earlier, but he should have picked him earlier. 
Having him go to the Kansas City Chiefs makes actually no sense that they would take a first-round pick and throw it at a quarterback. When you're talking wide receiver, offensive line, edge, you're talking all these positions, there's plenty of good players still left on the board at that point. Why would you take a guy like Hendon Hooker? You brought in Blaine Gabbard. I thought the Chiefs, there was a chance they throw a dart at a quarterback in the sixth or seventh round. Just And I wanted Stetson Bennett. I'm going to be honest with you. You know this, Chris, because he has big game experience. He's won two national titles, one of four quarterbacks ever to win two national titles in college football. He's played the big game. So if you don't bring in this veteran quarterback presence, because Andy Reid covets that, just like Chad Henney, you're not the best quarterback in his career in the NFL, but yeah, Andy he, loves Andy loves failed first round quarterbacks as his backup. You know what? He trusts them. It works. Them. It he works. trusts them because yeah, they know works. the NFL. Yeah. So I need 98 yards. You know the playbook. Go do it. That's what Chad Henney did. It's like Nick Foles and Chase Daniel. All these quarterbacks that have been in here, and Blaine Gabbert is the guy the Chiefs chose. So him and him and Bouchelle here. Listen, if your quarterback goes down, you're screwed anyway. Do you really want to put a, a rookie in like Hendon Hooker? Are you really drafting at 31? Is it an embarrassment of riches so much that the Chiefs, with the wide receiver group they have, could afford to go quarterback? That's what just made me laugh about that. I honestly don't think he thought about this before saying it. No, I don't I don't think he did either. I, and, and look, there's a lot of people in our profession that enjoy trying to... I would rather hear a bad barbecue take from Collinsworth. Yeah, I'd rather him say, like, you know, one of these other non like these cliched places are, are better than places like LC's or gates or whatever. Uh, my, my thing on this is I think a lot of times, and we see this on ESPN a lot where they're like, okay, well you take the uh, contrarian take and you find a way to argue it. And this is kind of what I feel like happened here with, with Collinsworth. I think he wanted to put them, put Hooker in into his into into the first round. It sounded no, like he that's did. he just squeezed it in. Man. But he's, he's like, oh, oh, well, I guess I, I forgot Hendon Hooker on, on here. Uh, okay, I guess I'll put him at thirty one, and then I'll make a really bad argument we'll make as a case. Why. Yeah, it's like it, why didn't he make the case that the Bills should draft a backup? I mean, we saw or the big we, at twenty eight. We literally, yeah, like like because that's dumb. Like, we literally saw Josh Allen injure his UCL against the Jets this year. We saw, why didn't he say that about the, uh, about, yeah, Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals, his team. David, we've actually seen Joe Burrow have a, a season ending injury. And I didn't hear who he picked. His rookie probably year. a tight end. That probably a tight, tight end, end or something. It but like, like, why didn't you draft Hendon Hooker there? I mean, his offensive line still isn't good, even with OBJ. We saw what happened with OBJ this last year. There were times where we were worried about Mahomes' safety because you had Orlando Brown Jr. lined up at left tackle. Why didn't you have Hendon Hooker going there? It's like, I, I think there's a lot, and I, you see this with Skip Bayless a lot too. It's like, let me take the contrarian take, and then I will try to find a way to make the argument make sense. And I hate that about our profession so much because it's a lot of people not saying how they genuinely feel, not saying anything that is sensical and logical. It's like, okay, let me find an argument. Let me find a take, and then let's see if I can argue it in a, in a way that makes sense. And he did not do that. It did not make any sense. And it – it, it just really sounds terrible, and, and that's the reason why I, I do not perk up when I hear so-and-so put out a mock because usually, especially once you get, like, 15 mocks all, you know, basically every day, it's like every day it's like 5, 10 new mocks published. There's always going to be someone out here trying to grab attention with a really nonsensical pick. 
Daniel Jeremiah, who usually does a really good mock draft as well, just put his out, uh, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. Young, Stroud, Will Anderson, Will Levis, Jalen Carter. So he's got three quarterbacks going in the top four. Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Robinson, Tyree Wilson, and Nolan Smith. Yes, give me running backs in the first round. Get them out of the way and give me five quarterbacks, two running backs. That's seven slots already gone. Give me that. Give me Gonzalez and Weatherspoon. That's nine slots already gone when you throw in corners. So you have more options there at 31 for the Chiefs. I've looked at this draft, Chris. It's kind of, is there anybody really to jump up and trade these? Say, all right, this is a blue chip guy. We got to jump up and trade. That's one thing. I know we always have a ton of trades in the first round of the NFL. And we'll have trades tomorrow, especially with quarterbacks when it comes to it early on. But I think there's some, you know, trepidation from teams to jump up and grab somebody because you don't want to be wrong. Because there's always going to be the Trubisky out there. There's always going to be the Trubisky that goes ahead of Mahomes. There's always going to be Lamar Jackson going 32 when he's the best. It's always going to be a Brock Purdy going the last, you know, pick in the NFL draft. There's a lot of mistakes that are made in the NFL draft. But get as many out of the way as you can for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know, you, you asked about is there anybody the Chiefs might want to trade up to get? We talked about this on Monday when we did that mega episode of, of the podcast. And I said, I think there's a good chance that there's going to be some players that have been projected to go much higher, like somewhere in the early to mid teens that could very well end up falling to the chiefs at 31. And they've got the availability to pick them. The question is why? Gonna have to ask some questions, and like, so who do you who do you trip? You know, you're saying who you, who you get. It could be a Miles Murphy. It could be one of the tackles. Like you know, in our in our mock, Broderick Jones was there at 31. Someone's fallen. Someone could very well fall. And I, the biggest question that I would ask if I were the Chiefs, a, I mean, if they're not on their their if they're not on the first round board, I don't think they're going to draft them. But you have to ask the question: Why are they falling? I, I always say this. I used to be like, oh, I can't believe so and so is falling. And and sometimes, you know, it is right. Maybe we did predict them to be really good and they fell for no good reason. And whoever got them got a steal like George Karloff is, which I think he probably fell just because of the arm length issues and whatnot. And some teams thinking he might not be big enough to play the position. Uh, but there are times where I always, you know, think, why is this person falling? And there's got to be something that teams know that we as the public don't. So in that case, I would very much be asking that question, especially when this draft class at the very top is not slam dunk great. There's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of ifs and ands and whatnot because a lot of these guys are holdovers from the COVID year. So you have to wonder why. Like second, third round, I think there's some slam dunk guys in there. There's some really good value. But first round, there's a lot of options the Chiefs could go. And there's a lot of question marks about the guys the Chiefs could draft where they are. And I, I really think that there's a lot of question marks about guys, uh, except for probably somewhere in that 5 to 10 range. Like, once you get out of the top five there, I, I think that 5 to 10, that five, actually no, 5 to 15 range, there are some guys that I think are going to be pretty solid guys. But question marks about everyone else. And the one thing about the NFL draft is these teams, this year's a little bit less. Because usually it's about 20 guys you get first-round grades to. Now it's anywhere from 12 to 20. There was an NFL GM that came out and said this. Did you ever read that Albert Breer, Monday morning quarterback this week, with yes. one GM saying maybe 15? If there's 15, it's a bad draft. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen that. I've I, I read it, and you know there was also all these rumors coming out, and it's like, do you, can you really believe all these things that all these teams are putting out here? You know, can you really so believe? Here's what Albert Breer said Monday morning quarterback says, if you have 15 first round grades and this class sucks, said one general manager Saturday. I got less than 15 this year, so it's saying okay, there's not a. And who, who do the Chiefs have? You know, like last year, you know maybe they had 20 guys, just close to that. And then Trent McDuffie starts sliding out of it. So if somebody that used to say Zay Flowers starts to slide, gets in the 20s, maybe Anton Harrison, the tackle from Oklahoma slide, then I could see him moving up. If they do move up, I don't see him moving up past 23. Right. Could be wrong, but I, I think the top end Buffalo 20. and Cincinnati and stuff like that, I could see him do it because they've done it before with Buffalo. I think the highest they'll go is 20 because the Seahawks very well have – they've got a lot of ammunition. you got the fifth overall pick. So – if you wanted to move up ahead of the Ravens, who I think could very well take a receiver, I I, I picked them to take Jameer Gibbs on our on our uh, Megapod, but I think if Quentin Johnston falls, he very well could be in play there, or Zay Flowers. Have him with OBJ. Exactly. There's a lot of options there. They very well could decide to support Lamar Jackson with another receiver. There's options there, and I, I think the Chiefs might want to get ahead of all the other compet- competitors because – I get the feeling with the way that they've kind of let Zay Flowers, the Zay Flowers news get out, that if they really want to take Zay Flowers, they have to go up to 20 more than likely because someone's going to take him for sure to keep him away from the Chiefs. Coming up next, our favorite five, meaning our favorite five players. Doesn't mean the best five players, which I tweeted this out and someone's like, what about Mozzie Smith? I said, no, I'm not saying the best. My favorite five. Chris, I, we have our favorite five players in the draft again. This doesn't mean the best. It means our favorite five players in this draft. And I'd like to hear yours too. 913-586-7610 is our text line. What are your, who's your, you don't have to put five. What are your favorite players in this year's draft? Again, they don't have to be the best, but your favorite. That's next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick, Bank, and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jay Binkley with Chris Unocero. A lot of mocks dropping uh, tonight. Uh, last mock drafts of everybody out there. Don't forget it's Albert Breer that had the number one mock draft last year. Mock draft accuracy. Don't you always appreciate that? Albert Breer was number one. I mean, we're all guessing, so. We're all guessing. Yeah. Teams don't even get this right. So don't tell me the teams get this right because they don't. I mean, teams don't even get their own picks right. Oh, that's why Lamar Jackson went to uh, 32. People wanted that fifth year of control for guys like uh, Lamar Jackson. Makes complete sense. I think it could be where the Kansas City Chiefs sit, picking at 31. Someone's like, eh. Well. Collinsworth would just tell the Chiefs to trade for Lamar Jackson just in case Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. You got to have that backup quarterback. You got to have a backup quarterback. Trade for Lamar. But the one thing is, is if you don't have a quarterback – and he gets hurt, you're screwed anyway. So what's the matter? Yeah. It, it, 
that's and that's the big thing about it. It's like his argument was, well, they're screwed if they if he gets hurt. Well, they're probably going to be screwed with Hendon Hooker too. I mean, <laughs> any team that has their starting quarterback who is elite get hurt, that's the end of the season. That's just how it is. And the Chiefs very much trust their ability to go get veterans out there and win games. They've done what they did well with Matt Moore. They've done well in the little time that Henny has played when he was with the team. And I'm sure that they'll be be fine for a little bit if Mahomes were to, God forbid, get hurt and Blaine Gabbert would have to step in. 913 is asking, do we have an honorary all-juice team? R.I.P. Yahoo continues to put it out. Um, so the all-juice team, is there an A? I, I miss Trez Paylor so bad all the time. But uh, around the draft, you're kidding me. Of course we do. All right, Chris, your top five uh, draft selections. Um, top five favorite. Favorites. Not, okay, you're not going Bryce Young here and see each other. No, your top five guys in the draft, regardless of round, because we've all had them. We've all had them that we've mocked. We'll get into our mocks in a little bit later, our final Chiefs mock. But there's five guys out there that you say, you know what, I would love this to be a fit for the Chiefs. Regardless of round, again, don't don't say, well, He's no good. There's better players than that. No, it's not that. It's your favorite players. Text line, J Southland Toe Service. Text line, 913-586-7610. All right, Chris, we'll start off with your one. My my number one is Tyree Wilson. Um, I just, uh, again, and I've stated this numerous Text times. Edge. Numerous times on our podcast. I'm an upside guy. I like guys with upside. I like guys who I think... If you coach them up, they're going to be the best players at their position. And and that's what I see with Tyree. I think he's got the most potential of any edge rusher in this draft class. Uh, the size, you know, amazing arm length, almost 36-inch arms, just incredible length, incredible size, so much potential. Um, he just needs to be in the right system, right coach, and they can take advantage of those tools and make him into a great edge rusher. Uh, I would love for the chiefs to be able to get him. If like some people think he, he could slide a little bit. I don't think he's going to slide very much. If he does, uh, I think very well, likely he goes second overall, but that's the guy like of all, all the prospects in this draft class. He is the one I, I really, really love. Mine's Jonathan Mingo wide receiver, Ole Miss six two two twenty. 20. Here's a guy that's big and physical. It's the one thing the chiefs don't have. It's the one thing they don't have in their drawer. They got plenty of, you know, the 5'9", five, 5'10s, five, the speed guys. Speed guy, too. He's 6'2", 220, but he runs a 4.46. He's been one of these guys rising. It's a guy that the senior bowl, Jim Nagy, was raving about. Jonathan Mingo, NFL Network, talking about this guy. There's there's wide receiver coaches in the NFL say he could be better than some of the first-round receivers. Some say he could be at the end of the first round. Probably not. It's a second-round wide receiver, a la A.J. Brown, he's taller than A.J. Brown. He's faster than A.J. Brown. The Chiefs like A.J. Brown. But a Jonathan Mingo that I think goes early in the second round, he's a top 50 pick. But, again, I thought that wide receivers five through nine could be just as good as one through four. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance that we could see the second round receivers end up better than the guys in the first round. I think it's, it's very likely that. So I like him a lot, and I've seen other people, you know, question when people put it out there. Like, what about, what about, uh, oh, why didn't he have as good a college stats? Well, you have to look at the system. You have to look at what he did. Ole Miss ran the ball a ton this year. And I'll remind people of this. There's another second-round receiver from Ole Miss. Let me tell you these numbers, Chris. First year at Ole Miss, you name the player. 
two receptions, 13 yards. Second year, 39 for 646. Third year, 26 catches for 569. I mean, that's, that's A.J. Brown, yeah. Nope. No, DK Metcalf. Is that DK? Yeah. DK Metcalf. Again, I don't think I don't the think, system they're in. I don't think the we injuries should, they have. The, here's the the number one thing I'll say though. I don't think we should judge them based off solely based off their school because if that's the case, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have been good because he was a Texas Tech quarterback. So I don't think we should judge him. Oh, well, he's another receiver from this school. You know, I I don't think we should do that. But the one thing about judging where they went to school and this is Mahomes put up ridiculous numbers at Texas Tech, including tying for the number one yards ever in a football game because he had the 128th ranked defense. Which there's only one number. Right, right, but it doesn't but it doesn't matter. Every time he's on the field, he put up numbers. DK Metcalf didn't. Again, I will look at the system players are in. I'll say, okay, well, Ole Miss, you know, look at the quarterback situation, look at the offense. It's it's not even it's not even the same team from Ole Miss, though. It's not the same guys that they just played. But but I look at the system But it's not the same system though. But you have to look you have to look at the system. It's the same way you look at at high school football players and say, Why is that quarterback going division one? He hardly put a passing yard. You say, Well, They've got a they've got a coach that likes to run the football. He doesn't air it out, but he went to enough camps and clinics right, but that in the offseason. But that's not an old miss thing. That's not an old miss thing, though. Like that it the thing is you bring up the old miss part, and that part doesn't matter because then you're tied, well, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. And like, that's cool, but it doesn't matter because they had this, they had different coaches. You know, the system changes when you get different coaches. But it doesn't matter who the coaches. You still look at the system and what they but did. But the system changes with the coaches, so you have to look at the coaches too. Because if you have a new Let me coach, tell you this. he comes off a system of Ole Miss. You know who finished number three in the nation in rushing yards as a team this year? Ole Miss. They ran the hell out of the football. So if your receivers didn't put up the yards you thought they would, well, they ran for three thousand. Yeah, so I'm saying though, it's like it's a different system though. Like they threw a lot more with the previous coach. What is it, Hugh Freeze? I think. It was a different coach there with, with with Brown and with uh, and with uh, and with uh, what's his name uh, DK Metcalf. It's a much different system than it is with Mingo. Number two, your second favorite player in this draft. Uh, my number two guy is Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Um, when I, I and I've I've said this before, I was a huge fan of McColl's talent. I was not a huge fan of of everything else about him, like. Didn't seem like he wanted to really go out there and be this great receiver. Seemed like he was happy with kind of coasting off of his talent. Um, Jalen Hyatt, to me, is a guy that is supremely talented, has great physical prowess. The thing is, he's going to have to work at being a great receiver. And I am always looking at upside, and I think of the receivers in this draft class. He's got the highest upside. He certainly is not the safest guy because you look at his tape and a lot of his routes were just him beating guys down the field, just just killing guys on his on his routes, beating them down the field. He's wide open, you know, just great at getting separation teams, basically didn't even try to press him at the line of scrimmage. And I don't think there, a lot of teams are going to try to press him at the NFL level if he comes out and shows that he can get deep at, at, at that level too. But I think there's so much potential in him I really love what he can do, and that's why he's my my second favorite player. Yeah, show. I don't believe you. We've mocked him three times in our character yes. answers mock drafts. I like Jalen Hyatt. He played second fiddle to Cedric Tillman. Tillman gets hurt. Jalen Hyatt show wins the Blitnikoff this year as the best wide receiver in the country. But look at what he's done. His three years at Tennessee, 20 for 276, then 21 for 226. Wasn't getting the ball much at all his freshman sophomore year. Last year, 67 for 1267. But the two key stats, 
15 touchdowns for Jalen Hyatt, but 18.9 yards per reception. This is a take-it-to-the-house guy, a separator, and a yards-after-catch guy. So I like your selection at number two. My selection at number two, Chris, is no stranger at this. Again, it's not the best. It's the guy I like the most. It's Tucker Craft, tight end South Dakota State. And when you watch this guy, if you watch the FCS playoffs, say, why, why take him? Well, Dallas Goddard, second-round pick out of South Dakota State as well. He's nearly the same size. We're talking about a guy that's a tremendous guy, yards after catch. And I think he's easily top four, top five tight end in this draft. And I don't care where he went to school. Yeah, I don't I – don't, I think we've gotten past the point where school matters quite as much if someone's got the talent and – Coachability. What you want? Separator in this offense. What he does. Right. I mean, I I think it used to be like that back in the day with, but with so much transferring that happens now, there's a lot of guys who are power five guys that transfer over to smaller schools. And, and so like, I don't think it's quite as important as it used to be where it was like, Oh, you didn't play against anybody and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. But it's like a lot of guys make decisions on where to go to school for different reasons. And let me put this out there too. Tucker Kraft had the opportunity to transfer to Alabama. Didn't do it. He stayed right there at South Dakota State, had the opportunity. Alabama says, hey, you want to transfer down here? He's that good. He stayed where he was. Yeah. So don't so all the all the people out there, don't blame him. He wanted to stay right where he was. And it, had he played at Bama, he for sure would probably be a first round. Player. Yeah, 100%. We're talking yeah. first round, early second. But yeah. we're talking possible second round with a guy like Tucker Kraft. We'll get to the bottom of our top five. Ty and Sedalia is called in. With his list, again, keep him coming in on the text line, 913-586-7610, the J. Southland Toast Service text line. Finish up this list next. And don't forget, Cody Tap joins us at the top of the hour, plus our mock drafts coming up. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick, Bank, and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Kansas City, this is Scott Barlow, and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. I'm going to have to log off social media. Welcome back to Character Concerns. Jay Binkley, Chris and Ocero. These barbecue pictures, man. It's gone crazy tonight, Chris. I call We and I were talking about this earlier. All the barbecue pictures from the national media. But guess what they're all doing? They're all out eating right now. And they're all taking pictures. So much cliche. But it makes me hungry. I'll be honest with you. They do make me hungry, though. But everybody's trying their best barbecue. They'll have one. They'll say that's the best. Which is not fair. I mean, you could just go get some barbecue after the show. You know what I've always wanted to be doing? And I've done barbecue. We do. We do it a lot for Christmas. We get on Christmas Eve. you, You warm it up for Christmas Day. It's just kind of a tradition, Chris. You just warm it up. You know, you get all that stuff. That's your tradition? Yeah, you put all that stuff in the fridge from Christmas Eve, and you warm it up the next day. Yeah, I've never heard of this tradition. Yeah, it's something I like to do. But I, you've heard of golf courses. It'll take best holes from different courses, right, and have like an I, all-star course. I don't go golfing, so no, I've never heard of okay, this. Okay, well, they do that. And you could put an all-star barbecue restaurant together if you really wanted to do things right. And you had the time to do it. No, the so, you know how much competition there is in bar- well, the barbecue in Casey. If, if you have, okay, say your friends or family, say you have seven people in life, you only need six people. It's enough to carry your casket. But if you have more than six friends or family members, gotta get, just get cremated. It's, it's just, just go and get your friends and say, all right, here, we're going to sit down and do this draft. 
I want the best beans in Kansas City. Who wants to go get them? I want the best burns in, burn ends in Kansas City. Who wants to go get them? I want the best ribs in Kansas City. Who's going to go get them? I want the best pulled pork in Kansas City. Who's going to go get it? And then you sit down here. You divide up the seven ingredients. You say, all right, who's going to go get what? And you put this all-star buffet down. You get this all-star barbecue coming when you've agreed on where the best beans are, the best ribs, and the best brisket. That way you're not just eating one place, Chris. You're eating seven or eight of the best. Your favorite, you're taking an all-star barbecue dinner. That's how you do it. I mean, that sounds like a lot of work, but it's it sounds like work. it'd be fun. But if you spread out and one person's going to each place, you got your... You yeah, got your I know. Deal. My girlfriend has suggested, uh, like, our friends, like, we do, like, a chicken sandwich party where we go get chicken sandwiches from various Love it. establishments, and then we, like, cut them up, and we all try them out and whatnot. Uh, it sounds very – we haven't done it yet, but we've talked about it for a few years now. Especially, so you're talking, like, Popeyes and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, after the, the chicken sandwich craze from a few years ago. Oh, now, everyone's got one. Everybody's got it. It would be – it'd be hard-pressed not to go with that uh, one at Popeyes. That was good. Yeah, the Popeyes one's the best. It's, it's, it's the strongest contender. 100%. Before we get to the rest of our top five, what is your top five? Let's go to Ty in Sedalia. What's up, Ty? Ty, well, you there? Hey, Ty. I have, I have actually more than a top five. I was, I was sitting here, and I came up with actually two more players. So I have like a top seven list of – Well, you got to make my, this quick if it's going to be go seven, quick, man. Ty. Uh, it's going to be quick. It's going to be quick. I, at number seven, Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. Yep. I feel like he could be the next Travis Kelsey. Six. Tucker Craft, tight end, South Dakota State. I agree with what you're saying about Tucker Craft. He's going to be a very good tight end. And if he would have went to Alabama, he would have gone first round. Five, very underrated, Nathaniel Dell, wide receiver, Houston. Well, take Dell. Four, four, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, Ohio State. Um, number three, A.T. Perry, wide receiver, Wake Forest. I would love to see the Chiefs take him. I'm a Clemson Tigers fan, and he torched us a lot. So that's one reason why he's on this list. At number two, a local guy, Deuce Vaughn, running back out of Kansas State. And number one, a guy who I think could go in one of the later rounds, Ronnie Hickman, Ohio State, the safety. See, that's the way you do it. You have the mix of good. You have guys that, uh, you know, kind of off the beaten path. And then, of course, you have your favorites. But you know, Jackson Smith was in there. Of course, he's going to be. Just say say his whole name, Bink. Jackson Smith Enigma. <laughs> you missed it. Enigma. <laughs> see, I know you've been you've been trying to avoid the last part of his name because you, know, you know you mess it up. It's time of year, man. You get tongue twisted, man. <laughs> you, you no, it's not tongue twisted. You just can't say his name right. Enigma. I know what his name is. <laughs> I just call him Jackson Smith. Yeah, I know you do because you don't want to mess it up. <laughs> Always have. Yeah. Um, Always have. But uh, it's a good list. It's I mean, good list. It's a good again, list. it's your favorites. If, the, if your guy happens to be great and he, he's what you consider one of your favorites, it's fine. I can deal with that. Yeah. I mean, you, you like who you like. I'm not going to blame anybody for liking certain people. I, 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 I tell you this one guy that didn't make the list that I, 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 uh, cause we're on the number three. So yeah. one guy that didn't make my list, uh, uh, Javon Dexter senior out of Florida defensive tackle. Love that kid. I, I love that kid. I would love for him to be on the team. Um, there's some work they got to do with them, but I, I would love for if they were to get like move up a little bit in the second round to go grab him, like let's say, or or if they move down and they're able to accumulate some picks, 
Yeah, I, I'd love, I'd love for them to use one of those picks on him. All right, you're, you're, we're doing top five, our favorites, not necessarily right, so the my best, number three, but the, the favorites. So don't say, my, well, he sucks. No, he doesn't. None of these suck. We're just our favorite players. Yeah. Uh, my number three is uh, Zach Kuntz, tight end out of Old Dominion. Um, just, it, he's the most athletic tight end in this draft class. Killed by far. The combine. By far. Killed it. You know, perfect score. Um, four, five, five, 40 time, faster than Kelsey. At six, seven. At six, seven. He's six, seven. Great. I mean, incredible arm length. Uh, he's a real, he's a good route runner. He's not great, but he's, he's got promise as a route runner. He can make those circus catches. And with that kind of speed, I mean, he's as fast as a lot of receivers in this draft class, like four five, five 40 time. I think that's a little bit faster than your boy, Ronnie Bell. I think Ronnie Bell's four five, seven. So um, you're talking about a guy who has uh, good speed, good athleticism. You just need him to get some seasoning, get some, some coaching in him, work with the best tight end in the, in the history of the NFL and Travis Kelsey above him. And he takes some time and learns from Kelsey because Kelsey came out this week and basically said, I'm not going away anytime soon. I feel great. Uh, and I'm happy about winning. And all of a sudden now you've got a position where you don't feel pressed to have Koontz have to uh, uh, sit around and, and rush him to the field. You can take your time for your rookie contract and develop this kid. And if he turns into your next great tight end, you got to steal wherever you took him at. Cause it's probably going to be like third to fit third, three through five rounds. Three through five is about his I've value. I've seen a lot more round threes. Yeah. I mean, he's climbing again. Who cares where it is? It's like Tariq Willen last year. Tremendous size, speed, everything. People didn't want him. He goes in the fifth round. He's third in rookie of the year. Yeah. So I, I, Diddy's in the eye of the hole. I really like this kid. I, I think you go with the upside there. I don't think Kincaid's going to be there at 31. I think the Chiefs would have to trade up probably to 18 to get him. And I don't think that's very feasible. And I don't think it's the best move to make because there's a lot of really good tight ends in this draft class as far as talent goes. And so that's why I would go. That's why I really, really love Zach Koontz here. And it's hard if you don't grab one in the first or second round. You say, well, we, need, we kind of in the third round. Yeah. We'll do it. Uh, spoiler here. Uh, I'm 100% with you on Zach Koontz. He's my uh, fourth. I know we're sitting on three here, but I might as well mention it. He was my fourth favorite guy. So you and I are 100% lockstep. On that, my number three, Nick Saldaveri, the uh, t- the tackle from Old Dominion. Oh, Again, like it's them, funny. We, like we, just went, you guys. we just went back-to-back Old Dominion, finished third and nine, but this is the year of Old Dominion. Here's a guy, and more and more people are starting to, to take this guy, not lightly. They love him. The powers that be love this guy for his athleticism, what he can do on the offensive line. But it's a guy that's got the reach to play tackle, probably be moved to the inside, can play inside, can stay, do anything you want on the offensive line, but it's a perfect game to read guy. So, you know what? We need to kind of help attack. Okay. Need help a guard. You go there. Not only that, for being an old Dominion, 15 top 30 visits for Nick. Anyway, that's where I'm sitting at number three. A lot of people like that kid. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that think he can be a third-round pick. So, it's pretty crazy. Might be the greatest draft in old Dominion history. Being able to get two guys taken on the second day, possibly be the best day in Old Dominion history. Yeah, it would absolutely be their their best day as far as drafting. Yeah, and that's it, it, a great recruiting point there too. Like, hey, I got a couple guys drafted on, a, they on the second all day. Suck, man. If they have this, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not been great at at ODU for a while now, but this could be a a, 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 a didn't they just move up to Division One yeah. not so long ago? Yeah. So this could be a, a start of some great things happening at ODU here with this draft class. All right, number four, I told you mine. It was Zach Coons. We've already gone over that. That was your number three. Who's sitting at number? 
My four. number four is Viliami Fajoko Jr. I knew that. Of, I knew uh, San Jose I didn't State. see it. I haven't seen your list, I, I but I knew kid. this was going to happen. I love that kid. Um, just you, you talk about guys who are like football players, and I know you like those t- those guys who are like tough, who high motors. Put in all the effort. This is what the Chiefs have become. They've they've changed their attitude. They've flipped their attitude, and he's an attitude guy. He is the attitude guy. He's gonna like. I think if they if they were to draft him, I think fans would love him in camp because he's going to put in max effort every time. He sometimes he could be a little undisciplined. He had an issue with uh, with uh, offsides when he was at San Jose State. Um, and he's not the most athletic guy in comparison to like some of these other behemoths that are available in the draft class. And he definitely is not the guy you want to take as your top edge rusher in this class. Probably fourth, four through six is about the range that he'll be, that you he'll go in, but high motor. He's big six, three, two seventy six. He is got, a, he's got pass rush moves already. You could play him on inside. You can play him on the outside. You can move him around to so many different areas that uh, Spags really likes versatility on his D-line, and I think he is the guy to take as a supplementary rusher on the third day. And uh, we do our mock drafts. Could it be a name that shows up in our Kansas City Chiefs mock draft? Oh, I'm going to tell you this right now. Chris I, and I happen to like a lot of the same I, players. If they, if they take Fajoko on the third day, you already know. He was the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year this yeah. year, second-team All-American on Pro Football Focus, on Pro Football Focus Sporting News. Um, yeah. This guy had uh, 19 uh, tackles for loss, which led the Mountain West this year. Yeah, he hit people. Uh, he he made a lot. He caused a lot of problems. 17th for tackles. in the country in sacks. Yeah, he he. This guy hits people, and he he's great in the run game. He's great in the, in, as a pass rusher. Um, again, not athletic enough to be a an every down edge rusher, but he is talented enough and has the work ethic to be a guy that could play all around the line. And he can give you some good snaps here and there. So there you go. Chris is number four, Viliamo Fajoko out of uh, San Jose State. And you're thinking fourth or fifth. That's kind of, yeah. I think it could back be fourth in, round. Back in sixth round, like at, at the worst, Ooh, probably early sixth that. round. Probably early, probably early sixth round at the worst. But I think probably probably fourth, fifth round is most likely where he goes. And I feel it'll be a steal. Yeah. I, he, he will be on an NFL roster and he yes. will be participating um, this season when you think about it. But yeah. Fourth, probably pipe dream. Fifth, kind of right near the middle of the sig. I think fifth would kind of be the spot for him. Our fifth best fits coming up next. You're listening to a 610 Sports Radio NFL Draft Special with Nick Bank and Chris. Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to uh, the Character Concern Special NFL Draft Talk. Jay Binkley, Chris Inocero will be with you each and every night. Nick Short uh, with us uh, in tomorrow for the NFL Draft. Text line from the 816. Bro, I'm so excited for this draft. It doesn't really matter who we pick. It's oh, going yeah, it to does. be exciting. Yeah, it does matter who they pick. And keep this in mind. They take Hendon Hooker at 31. We can be pissed. Keep this in mind when you have your hot take about Brett Beach, the water cooler. 21 of the last 22 draft picks. National media, if you happen to be driving around, listen to this. This is good uh, fodder for your uh, broadcast. But 21 of the last 22 picks are still on the roster indoor practice squad. Only Bo Pete. Find me another NFL team that has 21 of its last 22 draft picks still on the roster, which means is you paid Mahomes and then you're doing your dirty work in the draft. Like a Jalen Watson, two picks in the postseason, seventh round. 
Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round, the running back. This is how you win. But 21 of the last 22 picks still on this roster. The only NFL team that can say this and keep this in mind, too. Extra credit because the pandemic was mixed in with that draft a couple years ago that nobody got right. The Chiefs did. And you know what? So, oh, well, you know, draft picks make a lot of teams. Well, a lot of teams don't go to three out of four Super Bowls. The other teams don't win two Super Bowls. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions and did this. So, yes, Brett Veach deserves to be credit. He is the best general manager in football. And putting anybody else ahead of him is false. You know, I've seen other GMs, Howie Roseman, these type of guys in front of Brett Veach. No, they're not. If a banner flies in front of your office, then you can talk. Chiefs paid Mahomes. They wanted to pay Mahomes again. Pay Joe Burrow. See what happens. Pay Justin Herbert. See what happens. Eagles will pay Jalen Hurts. Let's see what happens. All right, Chris, number five of your favorite players. I know this has been controversial for people here at 610, but uh, my number five guy, Guy, I know that you would be ecstatic if they drafted. I would love if they drafted this guy. And I do like your list so far. Hunter Lukey, fullback, North Dakota State. Dude, you just – he made the microphone rumble. No, you just <laughs> – that's my guy. That's my number five, Hunter Lukey, North Dakota no, State I, fullback. I, so I, we might as well both yeah, uh, bloviate about we're both Hunter. At, we're both at number five. I, I love Lukey, I think. Which is hilarious. You want to have some of the same guys. I know, list. yeah. This So the, the big thing for me – is that and, and we have tried we have said this so much and I know that we've gotten some pushback here at six ten that the Chiefs oh well they don't need to draft a, a fullback. Yeah. Oh, because no but who uses a fullback anymore? Well the Chiefs have always had a fullback on their roster. It is a position that they like to have on their roster. And they play special teams on this yeah. roster and they're there if they need them. Special teams, but the big thing and the reason why I, I think you go with this kid, because I know like um, on a, on our Megapod on Monday, uh, well Tuesday when it came out, uh, our guy Nick had Braden Wilson, the tight end out of Oklahoma, and he he brought it. He picked him as a fullback, H back, you yeah, know, extra tight end, kind of switch arm, but he was more so as a blocker, not as a pass catcher. My thing is this: you want a fullback because if you look at like Michael Burton, Michael Burton wasn't asked to block a whole bunch. He was a lot of times brought in as a uh, as a runner, third and one, fourth and one. Okay, let's hand it off to Burton. He's so big, he's going to be hard to tackle. He can get that one yard. The thing, though, is that that's all he could do was get one-yard carries, and that's it. He wasn't a, an amazing blocker or anything, and he couldn't catch passes. He, he wasn't a guy you were going to target in the passing game. With Lukey, you get a guy who can block. You get a guy who can run. This is a guy who had 600 rushing yards last year at North Dakota State. And you can get a guy that can catch passes. This is a guy who lined up in the slot. This is a guy who lined up in an H-back position. He caught passes in the fullback spot. He, he caught passes everywhere. I think you like having that versatility on your offense, even if it's just a few times a year. They value the position. They always have a fullback on their roster. Go get the guy that I think is best as far as the the talent goes to be able to do all the things that you would like your fullback to be able to do in a creative offense like the Chiefs offense. Hunter Lupke was the national title MVP, not this year, but the year before. Keep in mind, this is a 6'1", 230-pound fullback. These are his rushing numbers last three years. 458 yards, just six games played back in 2020. Six games, nearly 500 yards. Remember, 
six touchdowns this case a fullback. The year after that, 543 yards. The year after that, 621 this last year, 6.3 per carry. He's also tremendous at catching the football. He catches them outside the backfield, catches them downfield. He's more than just a fullback. If you want to call him an H-back, if you want to call him a tight end, he runs wildcat formations there. What's one of the, the Chiefs, what's one of their struggles? Third and one, fourth and one, picking up that one yard. This guy brings so much playmaking ability. Dave Tobe, Randy Reed would have a ton of fun creating plays for him, and he's a four-phaser. Play all over special teams, which is a role that you need. They currently do not have a fullback on the roster. He can be your fullback. He can step in and play tight end, H-back, wildcat formation. He can do a lot of things. This guy, by the way, back in October, October, Mel Kuyper said this guy's going to make a good pro on Twitter. Way back in October. I mean, Kuyper did also say that he would retire if Jimmy Clausen wasn't a good and quarterback. I get the Jimmy Clausen smack, but you know we got to move past that. <laughs> I'm just saying. But he, he, don't bat a he, thousand. he recognizes Hunter Lipke back in right, October. He, he did, but he don't bat a thousand. So. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the powers to be Raven about a Hunter, Hunter Lipke. Again, I go to the F- FCS level. Two guys from FCS make my top five, but Chris and I in lockstep in a lot of these picks because uh and it, of course he goes Jalen Hyatt I didn't go Jalen Hyatt but I absolutely love Jalen Hyatt the wide receiver out of Tennessee coming up next we're gonna be spread at 610 sports radio we're gonna be spread all across the city tomorrow night coming up next Cody Tapp from Cody and Gold talking about where they're gonna be which direction he'd lean in the draft next you're listening to a 610 sports radio NFL draft special with Nick Bank and Chris Check out the Character Concerns podcast leading up to the NFL Draft at Union Station. Available at 610sports.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.